friends how are you how are you getting on i hope you're having a lovely gentle day today i'm absolutely over the moon and chuffed to have a lady on the podcast for the third time <laughs> i'm shipping my in my phone out but she needs a few bob to pay her. Um, she's a personal trainer a yoga instructor a life coach a pilates instructor the ceo of the wellness the well-being queen team and she's just an overall great person so i'm delighted and chuffed to be joined by the well-being queen aka lisa doolan so how are you lisa I'm great. Thank you so much. The it's such a lovely uh, introduction. The corpo queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just admiring your lovely tan here. Yeah. Looking Straight out of a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, You'll I'm, have to give me your I'm fake sick, tan brand. No, I'm sick of these accusations about my fake tan. I might put now getting dragged through the dirt. Like. It's from the sea. You have to give <laughs> like, me a tan. Gar- <laughs> I was going to a garden checkpoint a few weeks ago. And they're like, were, were you away? I'm like, no, I'm getting to see every day <laughs> got arrested I have to just stay out of the sun for a while just bat and bathe in milk for a couple of weeks it looks like down. it's peeling there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a white I, I just haven't washed in a while that's all <laughs> build up a dirt <laughs> but uh, how are you getting on yeah really really well um, thank you so much for having me on it's a pleasure as always spend a bit of time with the brother yeah a bit of bonding a bit of family uh, we can't kill each other live on the podcast <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all about image, Lisa. Yeah, it's all about image. For the title of podcast, oh, it's like that in Pat and Mary and Father Ted. You see that? It's like, I'll shove this Snickers up your hole. Ah, how are you, Father? How are you getting on? <laughs> Keeping up appearances. Um, so, yeah, so Lisa is. Um, so, Lisa is. Oh, she's a year into sea dipping now. And uh, it's your anniversary recently, yes, wasn't it? This yeah, again, Jamie, yeah. year see the thing. So, well, yeah. what do you think is the biggest change from when you started to now? Um, I think, I suppose the biggest change for me is, I've just I suppose when I was doing the um. One of Colin's friends actually the ripple effect, and I was going through all my see different pictures, and I just realised that this year like has been a massive transformation for me and a mixture I suppose of the la not January just gone the January beforehand my he had joined um a one year no beer um program and I said I was going to do a month or two with for, with her and I did and then I currently um kind of like felt that I had given up the two months and then I went back on having a few drinks lockdown hit I was really stressed out I was finding the homeschooling mixed with working from home I did love working from home but I suppose everything was just changed and I remember coming down hopping on my bike and cycling down to Leary and meeting yourself and Connor and we'd go in for a dip and I just noticed that for the first say maybe month or two of homeschooling I'd be sitting down at say 11 ready to start the homeschooling and I'd be agitated I'd be stressed I wouldn't want to be there and poor Connor like he, he was he he's actually um dyslexic so I suppose you need even extra more patience for that whole um situation and I kind of felt guilty so once I started the C-dip and I noticed I was coming home and though I was feeling cold and 
chill, like kind of shaking my first couple of weeks doing it, I was so chilled. Yeah. Like I could sit and relate to him. I could sit and I was relaxed and my day was just changed. Yeah, I, lo- I love that, you know. And, and that's what it is. Like, I find it's just, it's like life's medicine. Like I went for a run in the dip there this morning. Yeah. And you just, I, I find you just come out with a better version of the person that went into the sea. You know, I remember hearing a guy say, he doesn't always like the person that gets into the sea, but he loves the person that gets out of the sea. And it's just like when you're in there, like everything that could be going on in life, just doesn't really matter as much anymore and you just feel real chilled you feel real relaxed throughout the day you know you get the sense of resilience to be able to kind of approach whatever kind of challenges we may face in the day like you know what i mean and i suppose for me getting into i'm supposed to see different every three years yeah but i remember you like i remember we'd meet up regularly i suppose as anyone that listens to the podcast knows colin is sober now seven eight years yeah coming up to eight years don't clean, go on a session now. And <laughs> <laughs> celebrate, get a point to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, clean and serene. But uh, I definitely does, remember. Does not mean I'm, I'm still. I'm actually getting more insane. You know, the gas <laughs> thing is like when I was addicted. I only kind of had like maybe drinking cocaine was me me fucking poisons. <laughs> but then when I got sober, I discovered all these other addictions that I had. I changed and, them. And it's mad. You do. You change the goalposts. Like you know what I mean. I think because I think with addiction, it, it stems down to something deeper. You know what I mean. And it stems then like I found I was always had these addictive tendencies long before I ever picked up a drink or a drug you know what I mean I always had the like I was always seeking something on the outside of myself because I felt so uncomfortable on the inside so I was constantly always looking for something like you know what I mean that something just to fill that void I just felt this default feeling of not feeling comfortable in my own skin. So, you know, always, I remember being a kid and you know, I would find all the wagon wheels sitting there. You know what I mean? I used to hold yeah, the wagon wheels. Stashed them in the press. Stashed them in the <laughs> press. Them away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the guard of eight raid wouldn't even find them. Like, you know, the kick I would have. I was like, <laughs> well ahead of the game. <laughs> and I remember if I found them, I'd eat them all until I felt sick. But I just remember the buzz that I got out of eating all the chocolate. Or even with, like football stickers or Pokemon cards or, you know, or playing football. Football. I'm going out and playing football, and all the other kids would go in for their dinner at six o'clock. Whereas I hated going home. Like I just wanted to stay out playing football non-stop, you know. So whatever I could get addicted to, like anything I done was real obsessive. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So I suppose getting it when I got it sober, then or you, you know you kind of fall into different things. Like you know what I mean? It could be like issues with food, or you know, a codependency, or overworking, or overtraining, or geographicals, or I'm, online shopping. Like you know. I did notice though, from I suppose being around you, that you were you like you you went headstrong into the sobriety and. The first year, I remember, like, you'd call up to the house and I used to be like, oh, Jesus. Because yeah. I think you're... <laughs> <laughs> I just Border, always flat out of the party. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're you need to get sober. I'll <laughs> yeah. fix it. I'm going to ch- fix I remember, the family. I used to be just like, so anyone, if their family is just newly joining sobriety and the first year you have to just bear with them because especially if they've gone from one extreme oh, to another stop. like it they do come back around I, I thought it was like of... Russell Brand you know <laughs> the robe and the and the and the rosary beads and the bracelets you know it would levitate everywhere yeah, <laughs> I used to be like oh Jesus we're going to get a lecture yeah. <laughs> putting that poison in your body yeah. <laughs> but then um, then I noticed you kind of mellowed out and you were just kind of back to a, a, a massively leveled up version of yourself 
but I noticed with your emotions you were still kind of a bit but then so since you started the sea dipping I, I noticed a massive change and it was like emotional stuff didn't seem to affect you as much anymore I don't know if you could yeah, relate well, to that no 100% because it is like I think for me it's the emotional it's emotional sobriety that I'd struggle with today you know what I mean not so much just the sobriety of you know, abstinence from substances or things on the outside of myself, but trying to re- regulate my emotions, you know what I mean, as situations come. And I think b- being like forms of like meditating, mindfulness, and see different exercise are all these. But yeah, that, that is it, though. You need to find a bit of emotional balance. See, that, that was the thing for me, like when I, um, I suppose when I gave up the, when I stopped drinking, that I, what I drank on became so abundant then, became just like with my emotions you know my everything that was suppressing through drink became so apparent then you know what i mean and that's the stuff you kind of need to do because i know i know drug addicts that never done drugs i know alcoholics that never drank but what it is is that it's a way it's a way we think it's a way we process emotion it's the way we see ourselves in in the world you know like some of the those traits of someone in recovery or someone active could be hypersensitive you know feeling of inadequacy you know feeling like they don't belong or they don't fit in you know compulsiveness making compulsive decisions addictive addictive personalities you know um quite erratic emotions you know all this sort of stuff is all correlates with addiction and for me i think alcohol or drugs was just a way of me getting into a 12-step program which then helped me to say oh no this is your this was your problem because imagine you're going around your whole life knowing there's something not right with you but you can't put your finger on it to diagnose and say this is what it is and that that's why i'm really grateful for drink because if it wasn't for drink i'd still be wandering around the world like a fish in an ocean that doesn't know how to swim you know what i mean that just lost like you know what i mean and then if it wasn't for drinking that wouldn't have introduced me to i suppose like more in the community that were like oh yeah no you get fear you get anxiety you know you feel inadequate you feel insecure you feel like an imposter you feel you feel hypersensitive you're you get you make really compulsive decisions you know all this uh, stuff that wasn't just like um that what that, that other people could identify with not just the external drinking side of stuff but the kind of inside your head sort of stuff like that washing machine head overthinking you know all this stuff that um i could identify with and i never heard described or talked about before in like not my normal circle of friends like you never heard of a guy saying oh gets a gets a point there and i'm feeling insecure like you know what i mean or yeah. wanting something to see something outside yourself so for me, when I did stop drinking then, it was like, I suppose when you stop drinking, it's like, say, you, imagine you have a leak in your bathroom and it's, the place is getting flooded and you call the plumber and the plumber comes, turns off the water supplies and says, oh, cheers, that'd be 100 euro, good luck, and he leaves. But then you go to wash your hands, but there's no water running. You know, it's not it's not addressing the problem. You've just turned off the supply. The water might have stopped, but the issue is still there. There's still a leak, but there's just no, I suppose, water there to expose it. You yeah, know what like I mean? I'm coming, I suppose, I'm going, I kind of done it backwards way to call him. Like, I would have been very social. I loved partying, but I was very able to have a balanced life. Like, every second weekend, I didn't have my son. So I used to go on my party. And, but I always worked them weekends as well and I was always going to work so I was very functioning and you know what I had some of the best times of my life having drinks I'm not gonna lie like I loved having drinks but the more and more I was getting into the sea like before it was like say for instance if I was stressed out came to a Friday night 
I just want a few drinks or every maybe even once a month I'd want a mad night with my friends just to kind of release all that stored up emotion it wasn't as such that I had a drink as such a problem but I just noticed that the more and more I was getting into all these natural resources I suppose from being around Colin from listening to his podcast from doing all the wellness stuff from studying everything and I've I've relearned all the natural ways to feel my emotions so that means now I kind of feel like why would I drink because when I drink it takes me three or four days to feel normal again and when I can just go for a sea dip or do a yoga class or I can just go for a nap but before I before I was in a habit of going on through all this and yeah it was a laugh I did have a laugh at my friends but then I'm like you know what after two or three drinks in like like it wasn't really a laugh like and for me like what Colm said like I suppose I'd done it differently and I didn't knew I didn't have a, a problem with alcohol but then I felt as if I knew knew afterwards I'd feel anxious I'd feel like a lot of worrying thoughts and I gave it up from September to Christmas and all that went like I ran the first marathon I've ever ran and even though I'm runner years I teach running years but I'd never run a marathon because the alcohol was keeping me it's like as if it keeps you stuck and yeah, when you I pop th- that cork I think what it is I think my thing with drink and not kind of moving forward is that imagine like we all just it, it takes that box for stimulation like imagine you have an empty bucket and you can fill that either with drink or you can fill it with a marathon and the easier soft I think that they was like in fact I'll just have a drink and then I'm taking that joy box or the fun box or the dopamine box by just drinking yeah. but then if you haven't got drink and you need stimulation and something or you need some sense of purpose or some sense of achievement you can say right I can get that from just taking a drink or doing a bag or whatever it may be but when you take drink away then you're it just like that then then you you realise the things you can do is limitless like you know what I mean you're not getting satisfied by these carnal things like drinking or eating shit food that you say no I want to get satisfied by smashing a marathon I want to get satisfied by getting by going for the seat if I want to get satisfied by walking out in nature I want to get satisfied by getting this degree I want to get satisfied by fucking doing this this, this self improvement on me you know what I mean and when we take away the drink then and we stop just saying I'm getting satisfied with drink Friday night out wearing a different colour t-shirt like it's the same shit every Every week week. you're stuck in a circle and see when my drinking I was a business drinker I'd I'd go out on a Thursday and I'd absolutely give it a welly and I remember my old boss used to call me Bob Geldof because he used to never show up to work on a Monday you know doesn't like Mondays and I'd wake up on a Sunday and I'd feel atrocious I'd feel sick I nearly feel look I'd feel like I'd feel suicidal riddled with anxiety riddled with fear I'm in an office day and I'm never ever ever drinking again I'm done you know this is me I'm fine like on a Sunday I'm, I'm like right I'm never ever ever drinking again this is me done you know Monday and we're googling right, we're going to run going to do yoga I'm going to get into healthy eating you know making all these plans because I'm never ever going to drink again then Tuesday you know I'm starting to feel okay then tw- Wednesday you know the few lads are texting me when we're going out I'm like no lads I'm off I'm done with it bloody bad then Thursday I'm like one I'll have one and then Friday I'm back out and it's just and then I'm waking up Sunday feeling the exact same and it's mad but what I realised is that like when I when I was like the reason I kept craving that drink no matter how bad the consequences were that my memory was so short like I wasn't a slow learner I was, I was a quick forgetter and they say pain is no memory and what it was was that 
it was my coping mechanism. It was my how I dealt with stress, how I dealt with emotion. It was my way of escaping my reality. Because when I was like sober, I'd fear what people taught me. I'd low self esteem, with insecurities, or the fear of death, or the fear of bills, or the fear of walking. You know, I'd, I'd like these mad fears of my family dying. You know, I just found like simple life just really, really hard. Like just sobriety really hard. But when I was drinking, I only had one fear: was where that next drink was coming from. So I found it way more manageable to live in that, I suppose, drunken world than in the sober world because I'd not yet been introduced to any tools or ways to live in sobriety. You know what I mean? My whole life, I I was always looking to escape out of where I was. You know, so. But so then when I actually got into came into I suppose recovery and it sobriety that way and then I I was kind of I was you know brought on on the twelve step program and I was shown a few tools and how to deal with sobriety because I found out that drinking wasn't my problem it was my solution that my my problem was my me you know what I mean my problem was my own way my perspectives and my selfishness my way of thinking you know the the normal life stuff that I just like you're not ready to send out the phone book to everyone the golden pages like I was thinking would they not send out a bleeding book on how to have relationships how to kind of talk to people how to fit in in society like I remember sitting in the pub one day and one of the lads came in and I was like, oh, where were you? Because I've been, I was over in Kleine uh, Park there, or Cabin Teeley Park. We went for a walk with my ma. We were just chatting for an hour. And I was thinking to myself, what the fuck do you chat to your ma for about for an hour? Like, you know what I mean? I didn't know how to have these normal conversations without a few drinks in me, like, you know? So... When I suppose I got sober then, I developed all these way, these tools and ways of, of living in sobriety where I was like the goldfish that got them swimming lessons, that I wasn't just drowning in this ocean anymore of, of society and reality, that I, I developed these ways of coping and healthy cope mechanisms. Now, it took time, like I said, when I got sober first, I, I, I got into, I suppose, all the sober addictions, that the, the non-mind altering addictions, like working, spending, eating, training, geographicals, you know, I'm just interested to what you're saying there because I found for me it was actually the opposite like I found that I would have more had fears about stuff happening when I was hung over like now I'd never like even my drinking if I went on a mad night I wouldn't want to drink for two or three weeks I was always like that but I noticed my it would be more like as if I'd have all irrational fears with the hangover yeah. I'd have irrational fears for say two or three days and I was actually training a woman and um, I remember her she's like in kind of some like she was coming from a place of you know what I'm not addicted to it but I just noticed that my life's a lot better without it and like I can't like it was more I had all them fears of maybe death or something happened to one of the kids or something happened to one of my family I had all them fears with the hangover and when I gave up, say, for them three months, I just noticed all the irrational fears went. Well, you were more saying you just had a fear of where your next drink was, and you got all them more after you stopped drinking. No, like, so you're talking about, <clears throat> like, hangover. Like, when I was hungover, as I said, I was wake up on a Sunday, absolutely riddled, like, the fears, they call it, riddled yeah. with fear and anxiety. And what people don't realise is that alcohol is a depressant. You know what I mean? And cocaine as well. You know, cocaine, you're putting all this dopamine into your body. So your body no longer needs to produce dopamine, you know, because your, your brain is a is a, is a, it's, it's a chemical regulator. And dopamine, which is produced by alcohol and cocaine, is something that our brain develops. It's a happy hormone. It makes us feel happy, you know. 
But when you're throwing all this into your body, your brain is sending signals saying, here, we need to stop producing dopamine, just too much in the body, so we'll start producing loads of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And so then you stop putting all this drink and drugs into your body, and then you're just left with loads of cortisol, and your body's like, that's why when sometimes when people say when they feel hung over, you know, alcohol is a depressant, you know, so any fears. You're drinking and snorting and yeah. you're not feeling your shit. And then people are wondering exactly. why they're down. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. But like, if I'm like, oh my God, the, my car's is getting a puncture and I go and buy a load of cans. I go mad for two days and then I saw what made fear. Oh fuck! I still have a puncture. Like you know, it's like it doesn't address it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're making it worse. It, and, you're... and your ability to cope with the situation is getting a whole lot worse because you yeah. have this issue, and then you're drinking on it. So and now you have a shitload of anxiety and the issue that's still there. Yeah. Like when I, you know, when, like it was just for me drinking, you know, I, I had fear, and then I found drink as a solution. But then I had two problems: fear and drinking. You know what I mean? So. See, drinking when is, you think back yeah, it's insane it is when you it's think insane. about it but again it's hard to see that because we've developed drinking I suppose if you have it from a dependency perspective like we come so dependent on that mood change that we don't know how to make ourselves happy so we try and do it in a bottle you know what I mean that how yeah. can I make myself happy how can I escape how can I run away it's do it in a bottle because it's the easier thing a lot of people don't want a cure a lot of people just want relief you know what I mean? A lot of people just want short-term gratification, relief, and wake up with the next problem and then look for the next escape. You like know what I mean? When I think of it, even with holidays, like I've gone away in so many like girls' holidays traveling, and the first day we go on a mad one, and then it wrecks the holiday for the rest of the week. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, oh. and then I'd be like, you're like you're you're full of fear. Like I remember being like having such like. Like, you know, crazy, like thinking the taxi man was going to kill me or something. Oh, and then stop. it's only now that I've kind of taken a good space away from yeah. drink that I'm like, I feel safe walking around. Yeah, I feel, you go on all these things. Like, yeah. I, I remember going off to a match. I think it was United. It's and, crazy. Uh, I, can't, I couldn't remember what happened. I blacked out. And uh, I literally spent the whole fucking most of the trip blacked out. But I used to always remember I'd wake up on in the morning and be all full of beans. And I go, "Oh, lads, he getting on?" And everyone would be talking to me because I would have done something stupid the night before, yeah. said something, and everyone was like, "Oh, you know." And it's just a burden. And I used to hate that fear where you're like, "Oh shit, what did I do? What did I say? Did I say something?" And you just want the ground to eat you up. But again, what we were saying about hangovers, I think when you're hungover, it's like putting a spotlight over everything. Just seems a million times worse. Because we're hungover, we're feeling low, we're feeling tender, we're feeling vulnerable, that then problems just seem way more apparent and way more kind of abundant in our heads, like, you know what I mean? But it, it is, like, I suppose, I now, like, I've just kind of said to myself, look, I'm going to try and go for this full year, like, without having a drink, and I'm four months now, and... Like, what I'm noticing is I'm able to handle stresses much better and much easier, but... Like, I definitely have to sit with my feelings a lot more. Like, and I definitely have to... This is why I think I've developed the program I have within work. is because you have to massively balance yourself. Like, I've gone through stages where I gave up the drink for three months before. And I just overwork. And I'd actually end up a lot worse. Because even just doing that once a month. Of going out and having fun. And having a rest day the next day with a hangover. Would benefit me. So the fact that I'm not doing that now... I know, right, Lisa, you cannot go flat to the mat. 
or you're not going to feel better mm. you're actually going to feel worse like if I decide right I'm not going to be going out with my friends and having fun I'm just going to work my arse off and that's going to make me feel better that's yeah. not going to make me feel better I need to have a balance of right what can I do for fun instead of drinking alcohol like what can I do on the weekends like we're doing the Wicklow way we're tra- training for walking for that but the next day it's when I push myself to the extreme that's when I'd feel like I need a mad one so I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn a new way to balance my own self to feel my emotions to like you're relearning how to be yeah but that's that's the thing and yeah. like they say when I gave up the drink you know they say the good news is you get your feelings back yeah. and the bad news is you get your feelings back you oh, know and it's so like true. it's sitting with the, you feel the highs but you feel the lows as well but the yeah. fact is that you're feeling yeah. you know I used to I used to hate feeling I used to just numb it out by, by any means at all but the fact is we get the, we can start to cope with things and we start to listen to our bodies like you're talking about being exhausted and running yourself into the ground and burning out yeah. before we'd never even listen to our bodies we'd be you know since I got sober I found that I meant to listen to it right, I'm getting tired okay I'm eating this when I eat this shit it makes me feel shit when I'm around certain people they make me feel drained or, you know I used to ignore all these signals I had this fire alarm going off and I used to just drink on it whereas now when this fire alarm's going off I listen to it and now that I feel that I have a good little I have a good little like health mental uh, physical um, you know spiritual intellectual all these kind of things are taken finally at the moment because I'm listening to my body's needs before I used to never listen to my body's needs I was in so which I suppose inner turmoil and pain that I just numbed it out and all that and then you you, f- you feel hungover so you're just eating shit and then you're kind of feeling shit so you're around kind of people like that are making you feel even shitter and it's just this constant cortex of you feeling constantly negative like you know what I mean and then when you get sober it's like that saying you know your vibe attracts your tribe you start to eat a bit better you start to listen to better stuff you start to hang around with kind of people on a similar vibe you know you're doing healthier activities a kite or, or sea dipping or exercise and yoga whatever it may be and overall you start to feel better because you're starting to listen to what your your, your true body needs and your body what caters for you to feel like overall good in yourself like you yeah, know it's crazy like for me I suppose just and I can't imagine for someone that actually was heavy drinking like what the difference was like that like I've noticed that like my confidence is miles up but I've definitely noticed now like before I would have done a month or two months or three months without drinking but I would have done it as an extreme within work and, and I definitely don't think for me it was out of a place of pain it was more out of a place of habit mm. I just was in a habit of either doing this or doing like if I wasn't drinking on the weekend I'd be eating worse on the weekend yeah. it's like as if I had a habit of well the weekend you have to just yeah, <laughs> like, do something that's like different to what you do yeah, during the like week Craig uh, Craig Nacken he's like a specialist in addiction in um in Canada and he talks about like what how an addiction stems like you have the A B C so A is you, you have a feeling at the moment you're feeling like A and you don't like how you feel so if you do B which is the activating event is the is the taking the drink or the drug or eating the cake or placing the bet or buying that thing online or the codependent relationship or the, the lust or whatever it may be the yeah. activity 
that you can do which will result in C, the mind altering event and that's the, the mood change you know so that's what a habit is is a b c i feel like a so i do b which will result in c our brains are like our brain pathways that like you have to think when you feel hungry your brain will crave food Right. When you feel yeah. thirsty, your, your brain will crave water. When you feel emotion or feelings, your brain will crave that habit that you've taught. You've taught your brain this. You know what I mean? You're, you're so, like, when you feel low, your, your brain's, oh, I will feel low, let's have a fucking glass of wine, so I crave the wine. I feel exhausted, so let's have a cake. I feel lonely, so let's, um, you know, do some coke or let's, you know, buy that crap online. You know, whatever it is yeah. that we feel a certain way, which triggers. Coke or I cake, think, Colin, cake. Which is the <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend actually. He's a, he's a recovering he's a recovering heroin addict, and he said uh, in uh, when he got sober, he said to him, "You put down the spoon and pick up the fork." That's what I was. <laughs> that was the big thing for me, and I suppose if anyone else is thinking like for me, didn't have a massive problem, but wanted to give it up for a better life, don't just substitute it with. That's what I was afraid of. Like, I didn't want to just start eating loads on the weekend. Like, I was really, I'm all about life balance. So I was like, right, though I don't want to drink, I don't want to start just eating shy. But what I will say to people is, and what I noticed, if you're going from giving up the drink to to not, you're, and I actually spoke to a few people about this, because at the start, I couldn't understand it, that on the weekends, you probably will be craving a lot more sugary foods and it is normal, but that does subside. Mm. Like it can take up to three months, but after that, it yeah. will go and mm. it will it will get better. Yeah. But you just have to bear with it. Yeah, and, be, like, and don't be too hard on yourself yeah. either. If you are having a bit of food and you're, you know, if you are doing whatever, like don't go easy on yourself, you know what I mean? Put down the stick and pick up the feather, you know, if you're going to whip yourself because... You know, we can be way too hard on ourselves. And I suppose... Yeah, and the sea we, dip in health. Yeah. Something like, fun something to do. Something fun activity. Hell, getting around healthy vibes. And you know what I mean? Because you have to think you, we've been suppressing our feelings and emotions and whatever for so long. Using this external thing. And then all of a sudden we stop using it. And the floodgates will open. And it's okay to, you know, we delve into other things. Yeah. You know, that, don't be hard on yourself for yeah, the first one. Don't be too hard like, on yourself. There was yourself, a lot yeah. of... Uh, I met through Colin and a few people that had been into rehab and a lot of them say that like they just eat and eat and eat through that mm. because now I'm not saying that it's a good thing and obviously I wasn't at that extreme level but if you are at that extreme level and you're take coming off one thing to do another be a bit gentle on yeah, yourself yeah, you know that's I mean? it. and maybe after three months have the aim from there then to focus a bit more on your food and like the fitness obviously the fitness is massive for you just to feel better so yeah that's all we found was helped great for me it was getting into the fitness and getting into the season and finding things on the outside yourself and look at this is me coming from a a perspective of of someone who was an alcoholic whose recovery stemmed from abstinence from drink and drugs and any mind altering substances and that's part of my i suppose my endeavor my program today but obviously everyone that's listening to this podcast aren't going to be alcoholic or addicts or in have a need so like my thing is if you have anything at all that you'd like to say reduce or have more kind of uh, moderation with you know ask yourself 
yourself like examine your relationship with it and say right what would i like to do instead and a lot of time it's the language that we use you know what i mean uh, i'd like I'd, I'd say oh, i'm exhausted so i'm gonna eat this chocolate cake i'm uh, every time i'm feeling stressed i place this bed or every time i'm feeling lonely you know i download all these dating sites or every time i feel shit you know i buy this thing online you know say i used to buy this thing online i used to eat all this cake i used to drink until I feel fucking in a jock the next day you know I have to learn to change my language because if you if you think it you talk it you'll act it you know what I mean so I said look I used to do this I used to do that I no longer this is what I do now this is what I do now I get are you scene. still do you feel like you're addicted to anything now I'll always like my thing is like you talk about staying off drink for a year I stay off drink for today you know what I mean? I don't know. I could drink tomorrow, but I remember when I came in, we got sober first. You know, people would say to me that, um, you know, like, I, I, I'd be like, geez, what am I going to do for Christmas or New Year's? And, you know, what am I going to do? I'm freaking out. How can I not drink for these big events? And people would say, Colin, it's only fucking March. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be worrying about that. Just make, tell you what, why don't you make a compromise? Why don't you just say, I won't drink today? I'll just make a compromise don't worry about the year just say instead of giving up for a year or 10 years or, or a month or a, a week just give it up for today and then when yeah. tomorrow comes I'll just give it up for today and I do, and so what I've done with anything you know because I, I, I do have that kind of I suppose that addictive personality you know it could be drink drugs or figaro's you know whatever I get a buzz out of you know if you told me I got a buzz out of Lego I'd have Lego land built in my back garden in 20 minutes like you know so, I don't mind coming over and seeing that. Yeah, you could come <laughs> over. I'm gonna make like a, a sauna out of Lego. Uh, but uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, a little seat and pill, a little forty foot uh, out of Lego. And uh, you know, so my thing um, is like, yeah, I, I do still. I can still have that tendency. But again, it's self inquiry and it, 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 like attracting my own behaviors and my thoughts. And as you said, when you were feeling hungover, you had more of a tendency to feel low and do I do things where when I when I feel low today, I don't have to act on yeah. how I feel. You know what I mean? That I don't let my emotions run the show anymore you know what I mean it's like if you're angry refrain from it's a speech or action like you know what I mean that I don't let my action if I'm feeling loud I don't have to crave something that I've learned to sit with my emotions that I don't have to comfort I don't have to comfort spend I don't have to comfort whatever I don't need to comfort that we sit with my emotions and feel okay and the highs aren't as high anymore but the lows definitely aren't as low anymore so that's another great thing about drinking that you're not suppressing it where like when I gave up drink first like one second I'd feel like I'm Jesus I feel like I'm top of the world and then the next minute I'd want to jump out in front of a bus like I'd be mad sad glad and bad all in one hour like you know what I mean whereas now I feel a lot more balanced and you know that the more comfortable I am with me and who I am, the less likely I am to reach out for something on the outside of myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, for for me, like I, I know I was going from obviously a completely different angle than what Colin was because for some reason for me, I noticed that it was like I had to say right, I'm not doing it for three months, and then I'd like say I had it allowed myself have a drink or two over Christmas, and I noticed the next day. I just was like, why am I even doing this? I don't even enjoy it. Yeah, like, I don't even feel that great after it. So I was like... And then I remember it was actually my son, Jamie, that was like, oh, Mama, we going to have a drink over Christmas. And then I kind of felt like we went away there um, last month down to Galway and we had just as much of a free a fun time and it didn't make any difference to him. 
like, because I clearly said to him look Jamie I know you don't understand but like you don't understand like I'd be full of fear now for a few I think it's because I'm into the yoga and meditation and healing and sea dipping it's like it just it's like a poison inside of me so once I explained it to him he was like oh yeah fine so for me I've just noticed for my system it's working better that I'm like okay I'm gonna go three months six months nine months a year it's just the way it seems to be working mm, for me and yeah. I'm actually buying myself stuff like so like I've like noticed that like so if I kind of said to myself right if I get to um like four months I'm gonna get myself this if I get to six months I'm gonna get myself this so like I work good on a reward system and like you know, think of the money like even if you were just buying like a liter bottle of Bacardi and then like clothes for going out like you're spending around 70 to 80 euro like maybe it mightn't be every weekend and then on taxis on like I mean it's a for you spend a fortune going out drinking so I mean instead with this money I'm like right I'm gonna buy myself new clothes or you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, the way you're getting this money from me. <laughs> My <laughs> new car we're in. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. We get more broker than more than sober. <laughs> you wouldn't have a euro for a latte, would you? <laughs> oh, no, stop. yeah. I'm on the opposite road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing something wrong. But uh, yeah, that like do what do what works it, you know what yeah. I mean? Do do what works it makes you feel good. Because it is like when you like, like I, for me, I drank to escape my current situation in terms of my thinking, my environment, how I felt. When you get sober and you do all this work on yourself and you no longer need to escape, you know what I mean? So when you were saying you were off for a while and then you drank and it just didn't sit with you, it yeah. just didn't feel right. You know, it's because we do all this work on ourselves that we don't need to, like if our motive for drinking was to escape or to numb, you know, rather than just to have a crack or to take like take the, you know, the bit of fun with the lads or the girls or whatever. You, you know, can but, still have that. Yeah, you can still have that, but for me... Just leg it after three. <laughs> yeah, but like for me, that I, I find that when you do all that work, on yourself you realise yeah, I don't need drink as a medicinal reason or to medicate or to numb myself you know that when you do that bit of work you know it's like if you make your life so attractive that you no longer want to run or escape from it you know what I mean it's yeah. like you never seen a kid trying to escape out of Disneyland because they're so happy in their environment and that's my primary purpose today it's my objective if I make my life as attractive as possible for me I won't want to escape out of it anymore they actually yeah. done this mad study in the uh, on these rats called rat park it's a, it's a ted talks and they had so they had this, these two water supplies to this rat one was spiked with cocaine and the other one was just normal water and every time the rat used to keep going back to the cocaine every single time it was a study on addiction yeah. used to go back to cocaine every single time and they and so what they done they done the study then a the guy came along and said hold on a minute the only options this the only thing in this little cage for this rat is the cocaine or the water they have no other options so like why don't we add like a little like more rats in the park they can socialise and like an activities with the little ring like the little a running thing yeah, that they run on that and you know they have all these different activities little gym and all that they can do and put the water and the cocaine in and see what the crack is then they added all this stuff and they said up to like only about 20% of the rats got addicted to the cocaine so it was nothing to do with the cocaine it was the environment that they were in that when they improved their environments the likelihood of them getting addicted was completely like, different and 
they so and we, actually with this study portugal went on to decriminalize uh, drugs but they don't see someone on drugs as a criminal they see someone on drugs as someone suffering from an illness so you're treated as an illness like do you know what i mean rather than criminalized yeah. 100% and like I'm like I, I suppose I follow um, a lot of girls on Instagram and they've massively helped me because they're kind of promoting of like the the positive buzz from the sober life but if you're going to just get sober and sit in your house looking at the wall having do nothing else that's fun and just focus on on say if that was your de-stress and you're working on the family and all of a sudden you've cut out alcohol and you're just working on family of course you're going to want to go back on it of course you're going to want to have that fun in your life but if you initiate things try different things like try surfing swimming cycling get friends that are sober and are doing more things like you need to have an empowerment sobriety like you need to like have a better life from it like this year from sea dipping like me and Colin were down in Glenmore in a sauna in the bleeding middle of the winter like I remember rocking up that field and was like what the hell are we doing but that was like the best buzz because now before when I went through patches of giving up drink I'd be just sitting in like oh I can't drink and every Saturday night I'd be feeling as if I was missing out but now like I initiate into something fun I do on a Sunday instead like do things you enjoy that de-stress you there's get a pen and paper write down what else you'd like to do for fun and what else you do and initiate that instead because that's the thing when you stop when you stop drinking you start to find out who you are what you like what are your preferences and and you start to discover yourself like you know what i mean because you're no longer running a million miles an hour anymore you're no longer longer trying to distract yourself with all these things around you that you actually spend enough time with yourself to discover your own preferences and things you actually like to do and anthony hopkins um he he, like he's like he's i think he's like 40 years sober but he talks about you know that he when he stopped drinking and he, he he became the person he was always meant to be before he was distracted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's what we're doing. We're discovering who we were always meant to be and what we like. You know, and that's when I get in the sea, when I go for the run, or being out in nature, going up hiking. I'm catering for my primal instincts, and it's like what I'm saying about I want to get satisfied by the natural resources out there. Yeah, we can get satisfied by a chocolate cake, or placing a bed, or getting locked, whatever. That does that can't satisfy us. You know what I mean? But what about getting satisfied? satisfied by all the natural resources that aren't going to have like mad consequences the next day you know what I mean like getting into the sea going for a hike doing some creativity some journaling some poetry you know listen to a bit of music you know all this stuff that's available to us like what did cavemen use that's what I love about sea dipping like when I, if I was to show a caveman a picture of a man in the sea like from 50,000 years ago they, they'd know they'd understand oh yeah I get that yeah man in the sea I know what the sea is yeah but if I was to show him like a picture of a lad say sitting in his car or sitting on his laptop in his gaff you know watching Netflix whatever and show him a picture of that he'd be like what the fuck is that I don't know what this is so what I love about sea swimming and hiking is that I'm doing stuff that my, my cavemen ancestors would have done as well to cater for their emotional and mental health needs you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that's when you're actually seeking you're synchronising with your primal instincts because our bodies are still cavemen our brains may be up in a spaceship fucking working on a lab somewhere but 
but our bodies are still cavemen. So when I start to treat my body like a caveman, I start to feel good. You know what I mean? When I, I'm exposing it to nature, to fresh air, to good natural resources, my body rewards myself for it. For it like, you know what I mean? I noticed a big thing as well. Like before when I was drinking, I would have, like this morning, for instance, I got up and was going to cycle down to Mary and go, go get a sea dip. But obviously it'd been an Irish summer. <laughs> it was like the wind, it was freezing. And I got halfway down and today's my day off and I kind of just thought, you know what, I'm not going to feel good if I cycle all the way down to Mary and then in the freezing cold do a dip and come back. It'd be better for me just to do a little cycle, get in the car and then do a sea dip. But the old me would have done that, came back, felt like absolute crap and then when now that I'm noticing that I'm not drinking and I'm not I'm trying to balance my body so I'm just nicer to myself mm. like be nice to yourself like you don't yeah. have to do a marathon like you might just want to walk around a nice park you might just want to sit on a bench like I'm looking at people in Dunleary like you might not want to throw yourself in the sea I know we like that but <laughs> you might you throw you yourself in the sea not for suicidal yeah. reasons because you like who you are today I used to throw myself in the sea for the wrong reasons now we do it for the right reasons no but sit on a bloody rock in the sun with a book like, is, you don't like the sea, yeah. <laughs> like the sea, it's a, yeah, the sea. We like that. Yeah, we're like just it. extremists, like you know. What I mean? like that. I started running like a year ago, and I only on Ironman. Like I couldn't just do a marathon. I couldn't just do five k. I had to do like a marathon and Ironman. But there was but, no mixture. Of, what about a triathlon? Oh, oh, yeah, all, all or nothing. All or nothing. What about a triathlon? But, but uh, that's the thing. It's like. Um, you know, even like being around the sea, it like it hypnotizes you. Like it, I love the noise of it. It's real yeah. gentle. I love this the smell of it. You know, even sitting beside, I I was very very bold the other day and broke into the Vico. Uh, there's a little trailer in it, but the Vico's closed at the moment. Oh, yeah. It's a sea dip. Yeah, it's closed. They're fixing the bridge. Okay. There's another little uh, trail you can get down to it. And I went down the other day with my book, and I wasn't even going. I was going to White Rock, and I just seen people jumping out, and they go, "What are you doing?" They go, "You can still get down this way." I was like, "No way!" So I said, "Fuck it." <laughs> Let's live on the wild side now, that is like you can't have alcohol sex with. So glad, so glad, breaking into the uh, beach. Uh, and yeah, I sat down and read my book, and, just, and then the seal came really close to the rocks. And uh, and it was straight away, I wanted to take a photo. I was like, no, don't don't ruin it, just enjoy it, just be with it, you know. And I was like, Oi. and I just sat there, and just it was lovely, it was really nice, but like. That's the thing that you said being nice to yourself. Like being nice yeah. to yourself is a whole range of things. Like thinking nicer thoughts, have a nicer dialogue. What you say about yourself. Like if I, or you wouldn't talk to anyone else the way you talk to yourself. If I talk to anyone else, if I talk to my friends the way I talk to myself, I'd have no friends. I'd have like my calendar would clear up fairly quick. No one would want to hang around with me if I talk to them the way I talk to myself. But yeah. You know, we spend all day with us. We wake up beside us. We go to sleep beside us. You know, we're, I'm constantly, anywhere I go, there I am. So I have to learn to treat myself better, to be kinder to myself, to not to stop giving the mic to that inner critic, that inner critical, vicious inner dialogue that we all have. Everyone has it. You know, Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, you know, all these people are really successful in what they do. They all have that inner critic. They all get imposter syndrome. It's part of being a human, you know, before I try to run away from it. Whereas now we just accept it, you know, say, well, yeah, well this, uh, this happens, everyone gets it, but, I don't have to I don't have to take it as gospel I don't have to say this is 100% factual everyone gets that inner critic we all get it and, and sometimes it's from being burnt out and overtired yeah. it's like you're a lot more negative and like 
I'll notice that like some days, even if I have been abusing your body, say if you've had like more food than you'd usually have or you have mm. had them drinks, you can like look at everyone in a negative yeah. light. And it's sometimes you have to step back and be like, okay, I'm hating everyone today. What does my body need? Mm-hmm. Your body might need a nap. Your body might need to rest. And like, remind yourself, stress isn't actually bad for you. Stress is, we need some stress to move forward. Yeah. It's how you deal with yeah, that stress. It's, it's, like, it's like fire. Fire can either yeah. cook your food or it can burn your house down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same with stress. Stress can be a great motivator. Fear can be a motivator. That if you're so uncomfortable, like if I was to look at all the, the triumphs in my life, you know, when I got fit, when I got sober, when I done all these things, it's stem from a place of pain you know and even when I con- continually want to do work on myself it's because I'm uncomfortable in my current situation but when I stop numbing that pain through drinking and through drugging and starting to feel the pain that's when I started to change and that pain and that fear and that un- uncomfortability was my catalyst it was my motivator because I was so uncomfortable where I was that I wanted to change and they say that's when we start to change and that's when we, I got sober when the pain of my current drinking got worse than the fear of change and, and that's when I say, changed what would you say out of your nearly 8 years sober what was the number one best thing from getting sober um, the number one best thing was that I discovered a big love affair with custard creams. <laughs> no. They're not even that nice. It's not you could have had like a, a, a Boston cream or something. A Boston bu- cream donor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bourbon man. Uh, the number one thing for me was learning to like who I am today. You know what I mean? Like, that I, I've, like and having a peace of mind because my whole life my natural default was feeling uncomfortable, never liking who I was, always feeling inadequate. And then when I got sober, I started to become best mates with Colin. Like the guy that I was couldn't stand, who was trying to avoid, who would walk across the other side of the street by seeing him walking towards me. That guy, I was always trying to avoid. Finally, I got comfortable enough to sit with him and get to know him and become best friends with him. So one of the best things I've discovered since I got sober is me. You know, that I no longer need to run away from myself, that I like who I am today. And, you know, and, and that's one, and like, that's one of the many gifts of sobriety and having peace of mind having peace of mind without needing something externally to give it to you that happiness isn't a condition like happiness isn't if A, B and C is all the way I wanted to be then I'll be happy you know that's being unrealistic you know what I mean that I can that I don't need stuff on the outside to be a certain way for me to feel happier sense of joy today that I feel okay in me and what was the hardest part of getting sober? But again, was sitting with myself, you know, sitting with feelings, not having that escape anymore. That I had to learn to be able to sit with emotions, to sit with the highs, to sit with the lows, you know, and to become okay with me. And slow, like your brain is, and your your brain is like a muscle. You know what I mean? The more you're exposed, I suppose, to these stressful things or these painful events, that your brain will adapt and get get used to it. You know what I mean? You're you're developing like resilience and longevity with the the situations around us, and you discover that a lot of the stuff that we can worry about, we're we're perilous over. You know that we can't change the outcome. So rather than trying to be a driver of the bus, that we just be a passenger and sit back and let life unfold as it's meant to, without kind of you know trying to like play a part in the outcome 
like you know just sit back and let let things be like you know um and little little things like that well you're you're four months now on the sober yeah, beam yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you think's been the biggest well for you? i think like i just can't get over like how i've had such a massive life change in the last year like and especially in the last about six or eight months since i haven't been like, my last kind of big session was in august and I just feel I kind of get over the change in my life so I can't even imagine for someone that actually had a massive addiction what difference their life must be mm. like I just noticed that like my confidence is up like again I'm getting together the well-being team again like you said it's like as if going on that party every now and again was just was numbing me and now all of a sudden there, there was stuff beneath the surface like that of obsession like over food or relationships or fitness and now all of a sudden it's lifted and I have like even when stuff happens within my life like dramatic stuff like I, I'm not feeding into it anymore mm. like it comes and it goes and yeah it is very hard feeling all the emotions of it all but then it was a lot harder not feeling the emotions of it all <laughs> because like what you said you, it, it, yeah fair enough it might be hard to say go for the sea dip or to sit with yourself but trust me like if you do get into a relationship that's not working for you it's a lot harder having to deal with that constant stress Yeah. or it's a lot harder it, having to sit for four it, days it, and hang over yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like what they say it's better to have a, it's better to have a hole in your life than an arsehole in your life yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's not but here I want to read out this thing um, yeah. mom actually sent it to me uh, and I just think that Nelson Mandela uh, wrote it. It was a speech in 1994. Um, it's called Born to Manifest the Glory. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measures. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant gorgeous talented and famous actually who are you not to be you are a child of god and if you god kind of freaks you out there you could just add in like a child of the universe or whatever your higher power is your playing small doesn't serve the world there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you we are born to make man we are, sorry we are born to make manifesting the glory of god that is within us it's not just in some of us it's in everyone and as we let our own light shine we unconsciously give to others permission to do the same and as we are liberated from our own fear our permission automatically liberates others so it's like un like by you stopping whatever addiction it is like whether it's bad relationships, food, sex, porn, drugs, like addicted to like whatever your addiction is, moving, like traveling, changing jobs. Everyone has something. And when you actually stop and slow down, and for me, it was a matter of, I suppose, stopping the drinking so I can actually see what's actually really going on. And when you do that, it's like you pop a cork and it stops you numbing yourself. What do you think about that, Colin? Yeah, no, 100%. And that's what it is that when, look what we're, kind of the whole theme of this thing was that 
when we do the work on ourselves on the inside we no longer need to look for something on the outside because imagine like imagine you jumped off the roof of the car now and you sprained your ankle and you're lying on the ground in agony and there's people coming towards you saying oh this too shall pass don't worry about it I'd be, be like okay. you gobshite get, get away from me just get, take, <laughs> get back out of my new car <laughs> yeah, yeah. just get me out of this pain I just really want to get out of this pain and that's what addiction is is that we're in so much pain that we just want to get out of it we just want to know how we're feeling like you know and when we finally kind of do that work on ourselves that we're no longer in that pain and you talked about like when we're feeling low a lot more negative things in our life can become way more apparent and yeah. abundant but a lot of time it's not it's when you like you try doing a, if you ever tried doing a, a marathon with, an, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a sprained ankle you'd feel every bit of that and that's also like emotionally when we're like, I suppose when our mental health is a bit sprained or emotionally we're feeling a bit we're tender or hurting that everything will become way more apparent because we're hurting our, our foundation is hurting so when we step on that we'll feel it a lot more and it's the same when we're carrying an injury to fit into when we're doing a physical task that we'll feel that that task will come so much harder because we're a bit wounded you know what I mean and, and, and so when we start to heal a bit more that it's not we're not doing things that have been wounded we're doing things that have worked because we're worthy to do these things I'm not doing this because I'm wounded I'm doing this because I'm, I feel worthy enough to do it and they say hurt people hurt people but also heal people heal people yeah. so the more we do work on ourselves the more kind of we're shining that, that light out there you know what I mean and people say Jesus there is life after drink there is life after this there is life after that you know that their life is life like life is all about perspective you know our mindset you know I can wake up and say my life's shit or I can wake up and say my life's great and whatever thing I'll label it is, is, is what I'll believe you know I think um Albert Einstein had that quote you know the most fundamental decision you'll ever make in life is whether you live in a friendly or a hostile world and it and is your choice it is it, like and Abraham Do Lincoln another guy said most folks are only as happy as they make up their own mind to be yeah. you know what I mean so if you can just change how you look at things the things you look at change you know Wayne yeah. Dyer said that you know so it's always just how we look at things it's how we perceive it it's how we we channel it back it's the stories that we tell ourselves about our environments and about ourselves you know what i mean that if i go out and say i'm a piece of shit and the, like your, your brain will listen to your language your brain will listen to your narrative your brain will listen to the words that you're saying about yourself and the things around you so focus on changing the, your language so ch focus on the words that you're using to, ch to describe your surroundings because that then it becomes apparent but if i if i, if I can change how I'm labeling stuff and labeling myself, you know, all that, all that stuff will, will start to get more, I suppose, more positive around me. Like, you know, yeah. when I'm changing my language. Yeah, the better it gets, the better it gets. Right, Lise, we're just there uh, on the times there. Is there anything you'd like to say to? Um, no, just I suppose if anyone is um thinking of going down this route, and if they feel that like, say, anything that we spoke about today is kind of touching on them and is resolute with them don't be afraid to reach out there's loads of helplines loads of phone numbers loads of information or even get in touch with myself or Colin when we can give you tips and advice of where to go and once you want to change and once you're willing to do the work um, things will always get better yeah that's it look with anything in life it's just one day at a time you know what I mean like it's like uh, 
like what what's that saying uh you only you only live once it's like no you only die once but you live every single day you know what i mean and you do we it's one day at a time no matter what's going on if it's a drinking problem emotional problem we're going through depression anxiety circumstances that are just really overwhelming that we'll get through them one just one tiny step at a time one day at a time you know what i mean that we can overcome anything at all well, we're gonna head off now and throw ourselves into the sea show us for the right reasons for the right <laughs> reasons gonna drown me now <laughs> might be the last time you right, see him this is, uh, this, is, uh, this is evidence I'm going to delete this last bit for evidence just in case Lisa does die yeah, yeah. Right, thanks everyone thanks